You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. Today's episode is a Q&A episode, so I'm going to be answering one of your questions. I received so many. Uh, this is going to be a new regular segment, so you may have heard me announce that we're moving to two episodes a week. So yeah, each week on a Friday, I'll be releasing a shorter episode. It'll be around 10 minutes or less, where I'm sort of giving a, a longer answer than I'm usually able to via Instagram to one of the questions that I've received from my community members. So that's what today's episode is. And the question that I'm going to be answering today is, I used to be anxiously attached, but after being cheated on by my now ex-husband, I'm avoidant. How do I find the middle ground between anxious and avoidant? I'm either one or the other. So that's the question that I'm going to be answering today. Before I do that, I just want to share the review of the week, which is, thank you so much. I'm going through a breakup and dealing with my anxious attachment rearing its head. I'm learning a lot from your podcast and also really appreciating your gentle and non-shaming style. Looking forward to taking your course. Thank you so much. If that was your review, please send me an email, podcast at stephanierig.com, and we will set you up with free access to one of my masterclasses as a way to say thank you for taking the time. Okay. So let's dive into this question of, I used to be anxious, but then I got really hurt by infidelity. And now I notice myself being more avoidant and guarded and and pushing people away. I always swing between them. How can I find the healthy middle ground? And, you know, if you've done any work with me in one of my programs, you know, I talk about this is kind of being the ultimate goal of any of this work is how do I find the healthy middle? Because I think, you know, we can tend to be hurt one way and then armor up and prevent ourselves from getting the thing we really want uh, by pushing away connection. To answer this specific question, without knowing anything more than what was shared in the question, what I suspect is happening is not that you've gone from having an anxious attachment style to having an avoidant attachment style. What I suspect has happened is you have an anxious attachment style and you've been really hurt. So now you have fear and anxiety around the idea of dating or being connected with people. And so you push them away before you can get attached because you know how painful that is. And you've got all of these betrayal wounds, rightly so, and fair enough. But I think there's a difference between avoiding something from from a place of fear and having an avoidant attachment style. I suspect in your case, you probably still have an anxious attachment style. It's just that, as I said, you've got these now protective mechanisms that are saying that hurt last time, that really, really hurt. And so I'm so hypervigilant. I'm so guarded now that I won't let anyone get close. I'm not going to step towards connection again because I'm so you know, traumatized by what I went through. And again, that makes perfect sense, but it's not quite the same thing as having an avoidant attachment style, right? Because I think that it, it runs so much deeper than that. Our attachment style really describes at a fundamental level, the fears that we hold in relationship and the strategies that we manage that fear with. Uh, And because it is so 
you know, it's, it's old wiring. It's pretty deeply entrenched and it goes back a long way. It's unlikely that you will, you know, do a radical shift from one end to the other in response to a relationship. It's not impossible. And, and you would have heard me say before that attachment styles can absolutely change. They're not fixed. Uh, but I think it is more likely that your protective parts are stepping in front and, and protecting your anxious attachment core, if that makes sense. I suppose the caveat to all of this is it doesn't really matter what we label it as. The reality is that you're experiencing this big response and a lot of fear around being in relationship following the betrayal that you've experienced and all of the hurt and pain and trauma that goes along with that. So I think the first step for you is really understanding that and validating it, right? That makes sense. It makes sense that you feel that way. It's a perfectly rational, you know, it's a perfectly rational response to infidelity in a marriage, which is big and, and it is a betrayal and it really undermines attachment security at a fundamental level. So not wanting to shame yourself for feeling the way you do, for feeling hurt, for feeling traumatized, for feeling scared, for not knowing who to trust or, or when to trust, to having a hypervigilance about it. I think that we can really look at that and go, okay, it makes sense that I'm feeling that way. That's okay. I don't need to make myself wrong for that because that's actually a pretty understandable and natural response to what I've experienced. At the same time, you want to be, and, and you will need to give yourself time. I think that's the other thing to say. Uh, you don't want to be too impatient with yourself on being okay all of a sudden after you've gone through something like that. The next step though, in your journey, whenever that step comes, whenever you feel ready for that next step is experiencing even it's like microdosing safe connection. So experiencing safety in connection with someone, even if it's just a little glimmer, even if it's momentary, even if it's just, it doesn't even have to be romantic. It's just feeling like I can trust in the safety of other people. I can trust that other people are honest and good because all of your protective parts are going to be on such high alert and just looking for the ways in which people are out to hurt you. And while we can say like, yeah, that makes sense in the context of what I've experienced, we can also acknowledge that that might be preventing us from having the thing that we want, which is a healthy relationship and safe connection. So allowing yourself, you know, if you do think about starting to date again, it doesn't have to be that everyone, you know, that everyone's going to be the one that everyone's perfect for you, but can you just bring your conscious awareness and anchor into this person is kind. This person has a great sense of humor. This person is thoughtful. I can feel comfortable around this person. So it's not about falling in love and, and having the happy ending. It's just, can I anchor into an embodied sense of safety, even if it's momentary, even if it's just a glimmer of safety and connection with this person. And bit by bit, your nervous system starts to go, okay, maybe we can settle a bit. Maybe those guards don't have to stand in front of the gates all the time, 24 seven to keep everyone at distance because we're not in such extreme fear. We're not at such a, a you know, hypervigilant, um, you know, over-functioning state to try and keep us safe because you're not perceiving threats and danger everywhere you look. So 
that's sort of a long-winded way of saying finding the healthy middle is a matter of allowing yourself to have corrective experiences as they're referred to, you know, having experiences of relational safety to counter all of the stories and memories in your case, you know, the actual lived experiences of pain, of trauma, of unsafety in relationship, because that's really formative to your system to have those stories and to have new stories um, to not necessarily take their place because the old stories will always be there, um, but to sit alongside them so that we have choice and we have kind of a, a smorgasbord and our nervous system can say, okay, yeah, bad things could happen, but also good things could happen. Um, and that really settles the system and allows you to to kind of soften into presence and connection more than you would otherwise be able to. I hope that that's been helpful in answering your question and to anyone else listening, I hope that that's been interesting. And, and I, as I said, I try to select questions that have broad application and that will be relevant for as many people as possible. So I hope you've taken something from that, even though it's perhaps not the situation that you are in. If you've enjoyed this episode, as always, please leave a rating or a review. It really does help so much, but otherwise I look forward to seeing you again next time. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here and I hope to see you again soon.